Well, now, uh, this should be communicating with all of you. It's always a bit strange on the, on a lonesome episodes. Hello, everyone. Uh, I, I suppose I should be streaming and you should be able to uh, to hear me. How's the, how's the audio? Welcome, welcome one and all. Uh, oh, let me just uh, just use my sleeve to clear out this whiskey glass. Oh, here we are, lovely. Ah. And uh, just, uh, what's this? That's a nice bottle of Legic. Oh, lovely. And uh, where are we? Let's have a look. Oh, it's a nice glass. That's lovely. Oh, cracking stuff. Oh, you know what? Let's go big face. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, what a week we've had. Um, awful week. Absolutely awful week. Um, so, uh, shout out to the lovely Tobamori uh, Distillery. I don't. This is. I've paid for this. This is not free. This. I, I don't get goodies. Although Tobamori Distillery, if you want to send me uh, free whiskey, uh, Dean and I, we quite like Legic, so that's very nice. Uh, and indeed, Slancher. Hmm. It's going to be one of those, isn't it? Oh, that's that's very very nice. It's very nice. It's not quite up there with Ardbeg, but it's got. Oh, it, there's a lot going on. Anyway, this is not whiskey natter. This is rail natter, and it's going to be a it's going to be a long one. And I want it to be chatty. Uh, I want it to be lots of discussion. Welcome to to new people uh, who have joined for the stream. Um, let's get back to it because because it's going to we're going to hopefully have lots of questions. But I also have some slides to get through, and I don't want to just do the whole thing of slides. I want it to be lots of discussion and questions. Remember to at me in if you want if you have questions. Don't at me in if it's just chatter. At me in so that my name appears in red if you've got a question because then I can scroll back and forth. And pick up those questions. Thanks, everyone. Oh, someone else was asking about paid chat. No, the chat will never have paid features, or at least not. I, I don't want it to at the moment because I want everyone to have equal access into that. Whether you're Patreon, use the Discord, or whatever, or just coming in for the first time, uh, I want everyone to have equal access to that. I don't want people to prioritise their messages. So, uh, not for now, anyway. Uh, right, back to No Face. So, uh, we're talking about why the Eastern Lake of HS2 is its most important section. Why are we talking about this? Um, we'll get there, but it felt topical. So, first of all, uh, let's go on with the um, with the COVID stats. For anyone who's new, uh, one of the things we do on uh, on Rail Matter is that we've been looking at the COVID statistics, um, and uh, you know, keeping up to date with the with the changing trends. So, you know, the usual we've got uh, this red line here is all all road vehicles. We've got cycling up here. And we've got buses in pink and national rail services in blue. Now, um, over the last, we've generally seen a sustained increase. And there's been bits some slowdowns recently. But certainly, you know, if we look at rail, there's been a sustained increase. And actually, if we zoom in to the last year. So this is starting back in, in January 2021. And if you look at the trace, actually, it continues to be an upward trend. I was a little bit worried over the last couple of months because it appeared to be slowing down. But it's rocketed. It seems to have rocketed right back up again. So we're, we're up nearly to uh, actually between 75 and 80 percent uh, at the moment. So, so it's still climbing. I thought it would have topped out by this point. Um, but we're still well, basically above where we were supposed to be by the end of the year. We've reached that 75 percent mark. And we need to just sort of stay above it, ideally, without any. If there are no lockdowns, um, and indeed in December we might see some uh, changes as well, because in December there'll be the timetable uh, update, which should set everything back to um, the non 
sort of the, in some cases, as you'll see, an episode or two ago, uh, two or three episodes ago, actually, we went through some of the data about how many services are running at the moment, and and we showed that in some instances, between sixty and seventy, you know, train operators are only running between sixty and seventy percent of the pre-COVID timetable. So you know, you can't, given that the growth is all long distance at the moment, those were long distance operators, so there's a limitation on growth, which I think we've been reaching, but you know, we're still growing. Uh, so we'll uh, keep our eyes on this. Uh, uh, in fact, Paul, hi, hi, Paul Prentice. Lovely to see you on here. You've retracted your own message, but um, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting what your perspective is, given that uh, well, maybe I shouldn't tell everyone what you're doing. But anyway, Paul, if you've got any insights, do share them in the chat about what you've perhaps seen on, uh, given that you, you, you're you the train operator you affiliate with kind of does a bit of both. It does a bit of both uh, long distance and, and more regional and, and indeed local and suburban stuff. Uh, and heavy commuter stuff as well. So that's the stats. Um, any questions on that? Do chuck them over here. Hello to everyone. Yeah, lots of lots of comments already. Yes, uh, whiskey and indeed some other things. Can we have a risky rail matter? Yeah, whiskey themed rail matter would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, right, let's start with the news. The news. Um, here is the only piece of good news that I could think of, which is that Oakhampton Station is uh, has has reopened, uh, or rather. Um, you know, it's having mainline services running. It's not. I don't believe it actually ever closed, but it's got mainline services running back to it again. Um, uh, and although Tim said that this, Tim commented on this and said, "Oh look, it's uh, it's Rail Alphabet Two. I don't think that is Rail Alphabet Two. I think that's the old Rail Alphabet. Um, it looks to me it's got too it's too heavy a weight. So I think this is the old Rail Alphabet. And the fact that it's got the GWR branding suggests to me that this is very much the old uh, old style of kind of station signage this is not the new the not the new regime so anyway uh yes uh, oh uh oh josephine is going on the uh, the inaugural journey on saturday oh that's very cool uh yeah this is definitely uh, rail alphabet one i don't think it is ra2 sorry sorry tim uh I, I think they've someone sold you a duffer on that but it's too heavy for for ra2 anyway uh it looks very nice it's going to be an unstaffed station they're running r152 i don't know how frequently uh at least you know there will be rail services there but reality is that should be on a mainline station as a diversion route but that's one for another rail matter isn't it so oh right deep breath for this what are we doing next right we're gonna have to talk about cop 26 aren't we okay gonna have another sip of whiskey Mm. Mm. oh paul prentice is saying leisure travel almost back to normal commuting business less so yeah for sure okay uh, lovely. Uh, Gregor McCabry is saying, um, I see Scott Rail into Seven City Services will not return to full service until May next year. Crikey. Uh, yeah, good grief. Um, oh, a bit of a rail matter meetup. Some other people are on that service as well. Michael C is going to be there. Nice one. Uh, Dave is saying, saw East West Rail saved 70 million using a new bridge technique. Could electrification of that route cost that much? I use that saving. Yeah, electrification of that route will cost about 100 million. So, But no, that's not how it works. You don't. That, that money's disappeared into the ether. Uh, now that they've saved it um oh so uh there's all sorts of good chat in there but let's talk cop 26 cars planes and magic that was the theme from cop 26 certainly when it came to transport um i was disappointed as it was happening and i've been even more disappointed now that it's concluded this is all that was came out of cop 26 as a result of transport is this daft declaration cop 26 declaration on accelerating the transition to 100 percent zero emission cars and vans that was it nothing on modal shift nothing on you know dedicate you know altering road priority or nothing on transport hierarchy 
just this big old lump of text here. This is the whole thing. This is the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but suffice to say, there's a lot of text here, and all of it is dedicated to cars, all to cars and vans and HGVs, all that road stuff. And I'll point out, this was added by one particular delegate from the EU who pointed out uh, what the what the smeg and added in this paragraph which is we recognize that alongside the shift to zero emission vehicles a sustainable future for road transport will require wider system transformation including support for active travel public and shared transport as well as addressing the full value chain impacts from vehicle production use and disposal it's like uh yeah uh yeah man uh good grief i mean crikey absolutely staggering unbelievably staggering uh, someone's trying to phone me, probably from a news channel. Uh, I'm not available, I'm afraid, everyone. I'm doing rail matter. Ah, good grief. Anyway, so COP26, really absolutely catastrophically dismal situation. Uh, and to be honest, it was the same across the board. COP26, uh, they wat it was watered down in terms of its, its dealing with kind of key fossil fuels, particularly coal. Um, so currently we are on the based on current policies situation from COP26 and the outcome is, and this is the most likely, so you've got your normal your sort of normal distributions here, whatever yeah, it looks to be, or maybe not skewed distribution here. Um, and it's looking at what the most likely temperature range is, and we're looking at over two and a half degrees. Bearing in mind that one and a half degrees means that society changes, two degrees is like serious impacts. Two and a half degrees. Good grief. So... um. Really not good, folks. Really, really not good. Oh, and uh, yeah, so related to this, and this is kind of a bit of a transition to the next news item. <sighs> I didn't want to talk about it at the time because I didn't want to undermine the good work that's been done by all the folks involved in the Hydroflex train. Um, and it, don't get me wrong, it's a, it's a fantastic bit of engineering. But it is absolutely not the world's first hydrogen train, which is what CBI tweets seem to be suggesting in one of their tweets. And indeed, this was not being played down by the people who knew better. It was being played up. Uh, you know, yes, it did start off as a student project in 2012. Um, in what way does this show the power of government, given that it started in 2012? Um, you know, we there are hydrogen trains running. Where, the hydrogen trains were carrying passengers in Germany from 2016 onwards and revenue service from 2018 onwards. It is not a world first. Stop saying that absolutely embarrassing and the whole focus of cop 26 when it did come to rail there were two trains running around one of them was a knackered old d train with a battery in it sorry viva rail i love you and i and i have a lot of time for the work you do but let's face it that's what this is it was a refurbished train with an old battery in it and hydroflex which is another knackered old train which didn't have any hydrogen in it because they weren't allowed and was running under the pantograph under its pantograph the whole time running on the actual decarbonized form of rail which is standard electrification and not a mention of actual electrification, or even more importantly than electrification, as you know, electrification is not the most important thing about railways. It's the fact that railways, however they are powered, are absolutely critical to drive modal shift away from the roads. No mention of modal shift. It was just so embarrassing, so deeply problematic, just oh, so frustrating. Um, uh, and yeah, so there's the yeah there's the Caradia Island, which uh, uh, that's that's an Alstom train. Um, which has been running in passenger service since 2016 and in revenue service since 2018. And um, yeah, it's still hydrogen trains are not a thing in the UK. I wrote a piece about this. You're welcome to go and read my piece. I, I finally um, put it on Medium so you can go and have a look at that if you're interested. Um, and indeed, related to that, here's a very rationed pixels. Folks, use high, high, high media, folks. Use high resolution, please. Minimum 1080p. If you're doing it, if you're doing a 
comms image, go high resolution because this is rubbish. Anyway, lot, I've lot, if, if you remember a very early rail matter, we had Mike Muldoon on. A lot of time for Mike Muldoon and indeed Alst, a lot of time for Alston's work with hydrogen. Hydrogen is a part of the picture. It's a very small part, but it is an important part. So we need, and as I said in my piece on hydrogen, don't worry, we're getting on to HS2 soon, folks. Fear not. As I said in my, my piece on medium of hydrogen that was in Rail Magazine, um, you know, the problem is government is the same problem that's stopping them to electrification. They aren't interested in, in investing, so they're not going to buy these trains. They're just expecting them magically to appear somehow. Um, anyway, here is uh, the proposed... I mean, it's not. I'm pointing out this isn't a proposed. This is just a memorandum of understanding, understanding, and a and a visualization. You know, they're no nearer to creating these things. It's just, they're just showing kind of what they look like, which is interesting because they moved away from the uh, former train platform. They're now looking at just rolling it straight into a new Aventra. I don't know if that's to give, you know, to give more work to the more running for the Aventra platform. But I'm disappointed in this for a variety of reasons. Most of them focused on this bit of the train, just because this is an 1100 mil floor height. Uh, there we are, my terrible whackaming. 1100 mil floor height, uh, which means this is not going to provide level boarding. We are baking in the same problems that the previous adventures have caused. Um, it's not a new platform, which is a nice lower platform at 900, uh, you know, 915. Uh, so this is uh, this is not good. Stop using Aventra. Start developing a new platform, Alston, please. Uh, this is, of course, Alstardier or Bombardier. No, Bombarstum or whatever we're calling Alstom, uh, having gobbled up Bombardier. But anyway. There it is. And also, we shouldn't be buying any more of these trains until Bombardier, uh, what, what used to be Bombardier, work out how to do software, which they don't seem to be able to since the 2000s. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, chaps, our Secretary of State for Transport's at it again. Uh, here we are, the Transport Decarbonisation Plan, which I'm sure you all remember us going through in a previous rail matter. Um, ministers were attempting to minimise the chilling effect on road, and I quote, the chilling effect on road building. UK ministers allegedly sought advice on how to protect road building plans the day before the transport decarbonisation plan was published. This does not surprise me, as you'll remember from that episode. So, you know, and to summarise this, we've also got the fact that um, Insulate Britain have been prosecuted. Absolute solidarity to the nine folks who've been jailed for peacefully protesting the fact the government isn't doing anything about the other really critical emission source in the UK, which is housing. Uh, and of course, let's just read Grand Chap's words here. Uh, you know, he's, he's, every motorway and major A road in the country is now covered by injunctions preventing people from blocking the road. Uh, he's not saying anything about the fact that cars block pavements all the time or anything like that. Let's put that to one side. Or the fact that car congestion is the main problem on these roads. Anyone who causes misery to motorists may face prison. What? Misery to motorists. Uh, and then look at what he says here. I'll continue to do all I can to protect road users. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, all I can to protect roads and prevent dangerous disruptive behaviour. Well, apparently not. Firstly, remember that 25,000 people are killed or seriously injured on Britain's roads every year. It doesn't seem to be doing anything about that. Um, yeah, and to summarise all of this behaviour, uh, yeah, pretty much exactly this. He is very much reinforcing, um, utterly reinforcing protection of road users. So disappointing. Does Oakhampton have level boarding? Uh, unless they've got Stadlers, no, it won't. Um, basically in the UK at the moment if there aren't Stadlers you don't have level boarding that's the rule uh, so that's Shaps very much at it again and indeed uh, here's a very nice first class lounge LNER uh, up in uh, Edinburgh I think this one is shout out to Gareth lovely work this is really very nice uh, first class lounge uh, but unfortunately because of uh, this week as you might have noticed I've been ranting on the TV again because Shaps you know protecting the motorist uh, and doing the doing Rishi Sunak's bidding has indeed expanded. And this is why we're going to talk about HS2's Eastern Leg tonight. So, oh goodness. Um, 
good question actually from XX Rock Raider XX. Ask me that one again later on. Um, and yes to all of the sentiments. So let's get cracking with tonight's real matter, shall we? <laughs> Midway through a gulp of whiskey. <sighs> so let's bring let's come back to this tweet, which is the first thing I said at the start of this week, in amongst all the shenanigans. I just wanted people to remember, as I, often as the discussion is generically is a load of people going, "Oh, the North," but um, actually, the North is going to be hugely hit by this, but not quite as much as invariably the East Midlands will be. And actually, the North relies on a hinge, a linchpin, if you like, a, a key fundamental component in the whole of High Speed 2, Western Leg, Eastern Leg, Phase 1, whatever, is actually the East Midlands hub at Toten, or rather what I prefer to call the Toten Interchange, because it doesn't confuse people quite as much. This is the, you know, the, the Toten Interchange um, between Derby and Nottingham. And we'll get back to this tweet momentarily, but... Let's get my uh, let's get my face. Let's get my miniaturized face in the corner. Hello, I'm back, everyone, and I'm still drinking this delicious, absolutely delicious ledger. Mm, wobbly. Mm. I don't normally drink delicious whiskey on these, but um, I have a nasty suspicion I might end up drinking more over the next few episodes than I than I normally do. Uh, it's a very real danger. Oh, so um, right. Let's do this thing, shall we? It was indeed um, it was indeed there. Uh, it's good morning. Scotland, so that's nice. Right, we have an orange slate. What have we got? Ah, yeah, right. So, the whole structure I'm going to go for um, for this uh, for this episode is I'm going to look at all the stupid nomenclature that goes bouncing around. So, hopefully, this is going to be a useful guide for everyone because we're going to talk about the silly nomenclature. You know, you know, phase two B. What the hell does this mean? Eastern leg, uh, East Midlands hub, as I've discussed, kind of a, of a nebulous and confusing name. Not least the fact there's also the East Midlands Parkway, uh, the integrated rail plan. What even is that? Uh, Crossrail of the North, it's a stupid name, gets bounced around a lot, indeed was uh, used by Keir Starmer today uh, in Prime Minister's Questions. Uh, Northern Powerhouse Rail, arguably an even more stupid name that was coined by George Osborne. Very, very stupid name, totally meaningless and nebulous. Uh, and the Transpennine Route Upgrade, which is actually the most sensible of all the names for this because it kind of does what it says on the tin, but it gets confused by people as to what this is referring to as well. And we're going to talk about all of this jargon, and indeed more if you chuck me any others, um, yes, uh, Gareth Williams, sorry, the Buffer Stop episode has indeed been shunted forwards by another couple of episodes because uh, of events. Hashtag events have <laughs> come upon us. So, all this nomenclature, we're going to cover it. We're going to try and talk about what it is. And through the lens of this garbage nomenclature uh, and garbage jargon, we are going to um, hopefully makes, explain why um, the eastern leg of HS2 is the most important part of the of the whole project. So, um, Gareth vocabulary largely stupid. Yes, exactly, Josephine. Right. So, uh, we're going to start by talking about phase two B and uh, oh, I didn't want to do that. And the eastern leg. So we've got phase two B and the eastern leg. These two things we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about these. And um, let's bring up a map, a good old map. 
aesthetically pleasing text layout. It is until you realize that I've got uh, animations that are kind of going to clash with each other. In fact, you know what? I can fix that. Watch this. I can fix something. Here we have a lovely map. Uh, you can see all the existing lines here. It's very nice, isn't it? Look at that. Uh, lovely. Uh, and, uh, and I'm going to... No, none. Yeah, I'm doing some I'm doing some on the hoof editing. You'll be absolutely proud of me. Uh, none, and then also none. There we are. Uh, this is very good stuff. Right, so marvelous. Uh, yeah, good. <sighs> so <laughs> sorry about that. So here we have. Let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about HS2. So I mean, hopefully everyone on here knows what HS2 is about, right? And uh, maybe we'll explain it with the, with, the, with the benefit of the map. So, so HS2 is, is being constructed in, in phases. The this isn't the alignment, by the way. It's a slightly simplified version of the alignment. Not entirely, but, but slightly simplified version. Um, if you want the full maps, you can, you can find them online quite easily. So phase one basically goes from London. is from, from that there, London, they have. From Euston. goes through another station here at Old Oak Common, actually. Via another station here at, at uh, uh, kind of uh, Birmingham Interchange. Uh, there we are. Do, 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 do. And then kind of goes into Birmingham. And actually, there's a, there's another bit here that connects up to the... There's a little bit of extra that connects up to the uh, the East Coast Main Line. That's kind of the, the West Coast West Coast Main Line. Sorry, everyone. Onto the West Coast Main Line, kind of at Hansacre temporarily. There's a little bit of here. So I've kind of simplified it here. But there you can see. There's phase one, right? Phase 2A. Here we are. The nomenclature already starting. HS2 Phase 2A, stupidly named extends that beyond the link which i think it's about it's about here i think the link is it extends that up to crew so it extends that up to crew up here allowing a connection with the west coast mainline very sensible uh, all good stuff so that's phase 2a and that's been brought forward and, and basically these two this whole lot is being delivered basically as one the phase 2a has already received royal assent i think it's kind of happening so these bits are all guaranteed definitely happening um uh, yes, this map does have heritage railways on it for those who are nerding out massively. Yes, you will spot some heritage railways on here. Uh, actually, I think even the Balalate railway is on here. Look, there's Balalate railway there. Lovely. Anyway, that's phase phase uh, 2A. Now, the phase 2B, phase 2B is split into two bits, which is the eastern and western leg. It's where this, this discussion of western and eastern leg come in. So the western leg of phase 2B uh, connects up out of crew uh, and then goes up basically starts facing towards scotland but also uh, has this sort of little spur that goes into manchester now you might think well that's a bit stupid why doesn't it go through have a through station in manchester and keep going north uh, i'd arguably say well that yeah that does make some sense uh, i wish they'd do that and not entrench these problems we have but the problem is uh, you also have liverpool over here and actually it kind of makes sense for liverpool also to be wired into this so and we'll come to that in a moment um, so it kind of makes sense to continue that kind of through in the same way the West Coast Main Line is now. And as you can see, this whole stretch is basically just emulating the West Coast Main Line. For those who don't know, the West Coast Main Line goes from London to Birmingham via Milton Keynes. Uh, in fact, you know, kind of, uh, it's 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 doing its thing, right? It's, it's up here. Uh, there we are. It's, there's, there's, there's Bletchley, right? And then up through here, and then kind of uh, there, there, into there. Lovely. So that's that's the West Coast Main Line. And then the West Coast Main Line, it continues up, and it pretty much exactly parallels uh, HS2, then goes through, and then still paralleling HS2, and kind of comes around. And then da, 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 da. So that's the West Coast Main Line. And you see HS2 Phase 1, Phase 2A, and Phase 2B, the Western Leg, uh, all basically is a bypass for the West Coast Main Line. It's essentially adding another pair of fast lines for the West Coast Main Line. Uh, bearing in mind, we upgraded the West Coast Main Line to the tune of between 15 and 20 billion pounds about 20 years ago, well 15 years ago so um that showed how successful that upgrade uh, that uh, existing network upgrade was take note of that everyone it's important stuff so that's what that is now the eastern leg uh comes off from birmingham 
shoots up to to the, to the Toten Interchange, East Midlands hub between which is between Derby and Nottingham here, um, and then continues uh, upwards. Okay, there's the stupid Sheffield situation, which it should have gone into a station at Meadowhall, but you know hashtag reasons it, local politics it hasn't now bypasses what, uh, South Yorkshire, uh, heads into Leeds, and also there's another bit that connects up to the to the East Coast Main Line uh, just south of Colton Junction. Um, and then continues up to uh, to through, to through York and then onwards up to the northeast. So the western leg is for the Scotland trains. The eastern leg is just for the northeast. And that way you kind of split the loadings. You get you get kind of get. There's a lot of loading come from Scotland, also a lot of loading from the northeast. You kind of keep them to themselves by splitting one to, from Scotland down to kind of that one side. Um, so you get Scotland, uh, the northwest, and uh, and yeah, so Scotland and the northwest coming into Birmingham. Then you have the northeast. And uh, and Leeds and then the East Midlands kind of come down the other side, and you end up with e- e- kind of about even loadings on either side, which kind of justifies the the kind of the split that makes makes good sense. So, um, yeah, no, I'm deliberately high. Oh, yeah, do you want me to actually? I'm, I'm scribbling rather than cursoring. Um, I'm deliberately not showing the cursor. Maybe it'd be better if I did show the cursor, but I, I'm I'm scribbling uh, furiously. So uh, we have. I'll make sure to scribble more. Thanks, everyone. Yes, good point. Uh, Colton Junction in the bingo. Oh yeah, the bingo's not working, is it? I'll, folks, I'll get the bingo working at some point in the future, soon. So, now, what's the point of this? So the point of all this is that at the moment you've got there's the, the East Coast Main Line coming down here, right? There's the East Coast Main Line da, 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 uh, down here, yeah, lovely, and and then down here, and then there's the East Coast Main Line, marvelous. You also have the middle main line, which comes uh, to all intents and purposes, it kind of does all sorts up here, but eventually it kind of comes down here. There it is, coming down through Darbados, uh, and then down into through here, and then along here, and then down there. There's the the, the Midland main line. There it is, and also we've got the the West Coast main line. We talked about already. We've got the West Coast main line that kind of dithers along here, and then do Warrington, and then kind of down, and then crew, and then it comes along here, and then let's let's just use the Burnham, let's ignore the Trent Valley lines for now. And then it does this and this. And then, and then it does this and this, and then it comes down into here like this. And we must also not forget the cross-country lines that also kind of come up through here um, and and kind of along here. That's fine. Actually, I, I, I drew that bit. Actually, I, the, the middle main line actually does that. This is the, this is the, the it's not actually, the, ignore this bit, the scribble up there. That's, the, that's from Clay Cross Junction South. It's a right old mess around here because the railways weren't built with any strategic vision whatsoever. Uh, and then the cross-country line kind of disappears off, off here as well. But you can see the start, there's this interlacing of lines. And, and in fact, you can see here that we've got some of the major pinch points of all of these regional lines kind of feeding in. Birmingham's a major one. You can see lines feeding in in all sorts of directions into, into Birmingham, major kind of bottleneck here. But also these Midlands is one. You've got these lines coming across here. You've got the lines coming across, feeding in. You've also got lots of feeder lines that come down into these, kind of into into Nottingham and Derby in this direction. Manchester, I mean, good grief! It's like it's like a, a, the spokes of a bicycle. All the different kind of pressures and constraints. And likewise, although to a lesser extent, Leeds again. You've got the major suburban routes coming into Leeds. You've got the Transpennine route. All these different lines coming into and, and through Leeds that that kind of again are all bottlenecked up. Now. Is my MML not a mix of Great Central North and current MML South? Oh yeah, it's kind of a, a mixed mixture. Yeah, I, the, the, uh, yeah, the the GCML sort of what's left of it sort of weaves around up here as well. But they're fine. Uh, yeah, you're right. Actually, that should have gone that left. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's just for illustrative purposes. Also, I'm doing it red on green, which is hopeless. I know, but I, I'm using red to sort of be obvious from the from the blue. 
Now, the point of HS2 is to relieve all of these. By HS2 being a fast line, you take all the kind of long-distance services off these lines, run them along HS2, and what that means is that all these lines currently that have, uh, I mean, rubbish services if you want to travel between, you know, local station A and local station B, any of the intermediate stations get a pretty dismal service, even cities like Doncaster. Um, and they can run a much better service by, you know, you get all the all these services that have to basically get out of the way. You leave huge gaps in the timetable so the 125 mile an hour non-stop York London service doesn't catch up with anything else. Um, you get rid of that, put it on HS2, and all the that all that gap can be filled with extra pads. So you get you get more trains, and you can prove this by going go and stand on any intermediate station at rush hour, and you'll see loads of trains whiz through without stopping, and very few serve local stations. That's what HS2 is all about. That's why I sent Helen Pid. Hi Helen, if you're watching, I'm, I'm sure you're not. You've got better things to do with your life. Um, I sent Helen to stand at Winsford, and and she got it. She, she when so many trains whiz through without stopping, and then there was just one pokey little local train that stopped. It all made sense. So. Um, so there you go. So that's kind of the point of HS2. And, and actually, Crew is another big kind of hub. You can see all the all the HS2 stations, these major stations, make sense. They are these stations that, that draw in all of this. They are bottlenecks. So these are stations that need major reconstruction or alternatives, taking those long-distance trains that currently sit on platforms, clogging up platforms at the moment. They get new platforms, or indeed they get new stations. And that frees up huge amounts of bottleneck capacity, not just pure line capacity, but also all these bottlenecks that exist getting freed up. So that trains can actually tra travel kind of through. So I often give the Aberystwyth example. I, I do it because it's like the furthest away from, uh, you know, furthest away from the from HS2 you possibly can get. But Aberystwyth trains are impacted by this because they run along this. There's the Cambrian line. Da, 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 and they actually run into Birmingham. And so they have to deal with kind of all the congestion along here that would be alleviated by HS2 services jumping over onto HS2. You know, all these long-distance services, Avanti services jumping onto HS2. And then to answer kind of one of the questions that came earlier, that what you then do is really you should be running kind of all stopping but fast electric 125 mile an hour services on the existing network, but doing it that they all stop, which means they can all bunch up nice and closely together, maximizing capacity. And all stopping 125 mile an hour services fit quite nicely in with freight, non-stop freight. So you end up with a much more kind of much better kind of uh, timetable synergy allows you to massively increase capacity in the existing network. That's why HS2 is all about. So that was a lot of scribbles. Now we've not talked about the, the, the new high-speed line across the Pennines, which is sometimes called Northern Powerhouse Rail, NPR. And this, and we mustn't forget Liverpool, this will run, uh, don't worry, I've got more graphics on this and I'll explain this in more detail later, but this runs kind of across the top. So it goes from across the top, linking the two if you like, the two legs of HS2. So it's a critical part of that high-speed segregated picture. Absolutely critical. More on that later, though. So, uh, oh, that was the slide I created to do all the scribbling, and I forgot about it. Uh, anyway, you kind of get the gist, right? You can see all the, you can see this mass of, of, of lines, this huge kind of mess of lines that kind of come through all these uh, kind of bottlenecks and how much HS2 is about relieving those. It's relieving bottlenecks. It's providing line capacity. You can see all the lines that parallel HS2 as well. You can see all of these lines paralleling. HS2 is providing relief for all these. It's, you know, it's providing additional freight capacity on the GNGE because it's freeing up space where the GNGE has to mix in with the, you know, the East Coast mainline. These are huge. They're just the, the benefits. Well, the reason I put this up is because the benefits really do magnify right the way out across all of the lines that see, um, you know, that kind of level with it. You, you get, because of Birmingham and, Man and Crewe and Manchester's connections down into Wales, Wales sees benefits, there's potential benefits, opportunities for benefits that it simply wouldn't get if you didn't do the massive infrastructure investment of HS2. So that is what it is all about. And if people talk about, well, oh, just upgrade the existing network. No, you can't do that because, what? firstly, what does that mean? We are upgrading the existing network. And secondly, if you mean 
upgrade the existing network to achieve the journey time benefits, which are not what HS2 is all about, although there are some serious journey time benefits, particularly, ignore ignore this side, everything from here, uh, everything from here upwards, you know, does have massive journey time benefits, particularly on the eastern leg. You know, you're talking of, uh, you're more than halving the time between Leeds and Birmingham, you know, massive benefits. And actually, you're, 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 you're I think you're, you're knocking the time, the journey time up by two thirds between uh, the East Midlands, in fact, between Nottingham and Birmingham, not just the East Midlands hub, but actually the time from the centre of Nottingham through to Birmingham is, you know, halved, if not more, by HS2's eastern leg. So, uh, yeah, so that existing, yes, journey time benefits, but actually, if you are trying to get ostensibly improve, get those journey time benefits on the existing network, what that means is, okay, you're going to, you, what you signaling-wise, what are you doing on the existing network? Total resignaling, uh, you know, in-cab signaling, fine. Um, as we've just discussed, it's the fast trains that wipe out capacity. So, if you want more faster trains, that means you have fewer local services, fewer of those useful services that actually get people out of their cars. So if you're going to upgrade the existing network to achieve a, a shade of what HS2 and NPR will, that means that you're going to end up with a worse railway than we have now. You'll be spending billions and billions of pounds to create a worse railway than we have now. Absolutely catastrophic. So, oh, back to our nomenclature again. So that hopefully is explained phase two being the eastern leg. Um Oh, should we brought, should we pause for a minute or should, should we collect up some questions now? Hello to all the 200 people watching, by the way. Hello. Um, any questions just now? Let's do that. Let's go big face and take any questions you have because I've just said some things. Let's, let's let that settle in. So there's lots of this. Uh, Socorro is saying, what's the GNGE? That's the Great Northern, Great Eastern joint line. Uh, it's the line that kind of parallels from... Uh, actually, let's get, let's get the map back up again. Uh, let's get my miniaturized face up and do this and do this. The GNGE is... Uh, it's the line that splits off at at what is now uh, the Warrington uh, Diver. Oh, is it? Let me let me have a think. Yes, so that's the that's that's happening there, and uh, duh, 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 then running up and then into duh, 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 then across here and joining up with the with the main line here. That's the kind of the GNG uh, kind of as this bit is. It's the it's the kind of almost a bypass of the East Coast Main Line that's used by freight extensively, uh, and you particularly this bit here, and then comes in comes in and connects up with Darbado. So that's the kind of the route of the GNG. Um, so that's sorry, that's uh, I'm speaking nonsense. That's Warrington. This is Hitchin. That's Hitchin Flyover. That's the first design I worked on. Well, first time I opened the tools. Hitchin down here, then comes up here. Then you've got it rejoins and then splits off the East Coast Main Line here. Hence the Warrington Dive Under built. So that's Peterborough, and then. Uh, kind of comes up this way da, 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 da. lovely stuff lovely stuff and then rejoins at doncaster um that's the gng good question oh let's go back to big face um oh keep chucking me this where are we let's see more of these questions uh what's the gng what doesn't oh what doesn't npr go to hull we'll get to that matt good question um Adam Evans asks, uh, how much do, uh, cost savings does HS2 bring versus the dumb, just widen existing mainline solution people are sprouting? Well, it's difficult to tell. Uh, in terms of cost, it'll be enormously more. Um, it'll just be spread over longer and they'll get to spit it into tinier bits and they'll be able to obfuscate, not money-wise. Critically, it's the disruption, the time. I don't care about the capital cost, to be honest. We've got bigger fish to fry, like keeping the planet habitable. And in order to do that, we need to be massively shifting people out of their cars and out of the air and onto rail. You know, um, much as active travel, you know, people walking and cycling is, is critical for those short journeys. The majority of emissions come from longer journeys. I wish I got this. I need to get up a slide that I can copy paste through rail natures to make that point. Uh, Pedro J UK, Pete, if you're watching, can you chuck me that in a DM? Your stats, because Pete 
is good on that particular statistic. Chuck me that so that I can make a real narrow slide for it. Because it's a very it's a thing that often gets lost. The two things, the idea that long distance travels all business people is nonsense. The other thing is the idea that long distance travel isn't isn't the key core part of, of, of emissions. You know, HDVs for freight as well is a key part of that. So um uh, but we can look at the disruption in terms of just even look at the East Coast mainline. The alternatives are, uh, I think Andrew Haynes himself said that you're looking at 30 years of of, long, of major like major blockades and disruption on the East Coast mainline to achieve what HS2 does. It's just not it's just not remotely palatable. Uh, Rail Focus, uh, Chris, hello. If um, if NPR is cancelled, it'll be interesting to know if the Phase 2B passive provision will be removed. Also, yeah, good grief. Matteo, uh, any hope of Manchester and Leeds being through stations with NPR? We'll get to the NPR stuff shortly. Uh, Dave asks, didn't the DFT and Senev conclude that the net benefit was actually detrimental to Wales? No, they didn't. That was based on the f it was based on the fact they were considering only the journey time improvements. A lot of the economic modelling you see in relation to HS2, well, all of it actually, just ignores those release capacity benefits I've talked about. They just ignore them. They don't bother to model them. It's in the true tricky pile. Because it's in the true tricky pile, no one includes it. So none of the business case modelling uh, includes and accounts for it. Um, so no... Uh, ignore any any kind of cost benefit analysis of HS2 is just whack. It's a waste of time. Uh, Matt Reed uh, is asking, where are we, Matt? You've just disappeared out of my screen. I think a lot of people just think uh, know about the journey time benefits for HS2, not the other benefits. Absolutely. Tom asks, why is the BBC still spinning this as a speed increase rather than a capacity increase? Because they don't understand it. Um, a few do here and there. Some points of points of. Um, points of light here and there but generally across the board people just don't understand it the the, the guardian is starting to you know the, the the key writers in the guardian are certainly picking it up i think the independent's all over it because of john stone uh there is there are points of light it's not that the whole mainstream media doesn't get it that's not true but the bbc particularly given that it has uh you know had it does not have enough specialist uh correspondents and you know you have some of the major environmental correspondents don't actively seek not to understand it and indeed repeat a lot of falsehoods related to it yeah that is frustrating stevie and selby uh, the first bit you drew is stevenage to cambridge either yeah no, i know i was stacking that last night um where are we where are we going uh da -da 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 dave uh, if the leaks are true why build any of the leads sheffield or to nottingham park hoping to fill in the future yeah we'll get to that again uh fuzzpot i see you touched on all 125 miles an hour trains but stopping every station so i take it you agree that all british trains should be capable of doing 125 miles an hour and we should bin the ones that can't uh mixed story i mean that's not true we should cascade all the ones that can't to, to other lines that can get electrified um uh, christopher lloyd roberts oh uh pete johnson say yep hang on yeah pete uh chuck it to me in a dm on twitter i, I won't do it now but i'll we'll, we'll, i've referenced it i'll do it for, i'll do it for next week christopher lloyd roberts might be a daft question but as budget concerns seem to be behind a lot of the infrastructure project what do you think would help prevent cost overruns and store trust in the future it's a good question um that is a question which i will answer with capital cost is this is should be a secondary concern to what do we need our transport systems to do and what do we, when do we need them to do it by and the cost is the thing that has to give to allow that to happen right so budget constraints we're we're in a unprecedented crisis at the moment and i'm not talking about the coronavirus pandemic we're talking about climate change and we need to be investing and as i've got a slide for it later we need to be investing 12 billion pounds a year more on transport to decarbonize to reach the government's own net zero emissions targets so and that doesn't that's not at the expense of any other spending all of that is money that you spend and then you improve the economy as a result you you create a lot of good jobs you put more money in people's pocket that increases overall tax revenue 
you know, happy days. This is, you know, the idea that we need to be limiting investment for any economic or budgetary reason is, is just false. It doesn't stand to any kind of uh, scrutiny, but it does keep coming back up. And the only way to get cost confidence is to be, have repeatability, is to do these projects more regularly. Because we deliver one project every bloody 10 years, we have no idea how much these things cost. We're not good at delivering this sort of work because we have no repeatability. We don't do it over and over again. The only way to get good at this stuff is to deliver it regularly, right? Um, to scale it up. Right. Uh, thank you, Pete. Uh, George uh, Mayer is saying, so is the Eastern Leg actually cancelled now? The news is a bit ambiguous. Is there no chance of it still going ahead? We'll come to that at the end. Good question, though. Uh, if I don't answer it, come back. We will address that towards the end. Why is the Eastern Leg an alternative fort to the Western Leg instead of a, tri instead of a tricorn hat junction that connects both legs? Uh, David Shepard, I've no idea quite what you're saying. We'll come back to that. Right, okay, let's, 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 let's get on with things. Let's go back to small face and um, press on with the presentation. So, that's all the, that we've gone through this so we talked about phase two b phase two let's talk about cross rail of the north and northern powerhouse rail what do these two silly phrases mean oh cross rail of the north. they're both stupid names right so uh, and indeed let's then also talk about what the trans route upgrade is so here we go here is just a, an absolutely static map of uh of what people refer to as the north but is actually the bottom of the north because the north the north starts well to my mind the north starts about uh the north starts about here to my mind so everything from here onwards is the north everything south of here is the south uh the air valley power stations of ferry bridge uh, drax and Eggborough, i consider those to be the gateway to the north other people might disagree but I, I grew up north of aberdeen so i have a slightly different perspective on what north and south are to people who live in uh, you know derby but anyway putting that to one side i i'm just going to say that um this is broadly what people refer to as the North, but actually what we're talking about is the Trans-Pennine conurbation, is what I'm going to refer to it as. People say this isn't one big city, but to my mind, it is one big urban area with lots of very rural, kind of bleak moorland in between it by magic. But this is actually, and could be, and should be an area that functions as one single uh, conurbation, one single uh, multi-city hub. So... <laughs> Uh, Josephine pointing out that the north starts upwards of Bristol. Well, yeah, some people in Sicily say that it's just everything on the mainland, right? Uh, Sicily? Sorry, the Isles of Scilly say that it's just everything in the mainland. Uh, Scousers aren't northerners crying. Yeah, let's let's put northern controversy to one side. This is a map showing what um, showing all of what I put up on the map earlier, but just a bit more zoomed in. And this is the route that... So the pink stuff here... So it, so the, the blue stuff is HS2, right? That's, that's fairly... Okay, HS2, as we know, is not the second high-speed line in the UK. Selby Diversion was first, then the Channel Tunnel Rail Link then HS2, so a bit confusingly named. We're going to call the Selby diversion HS0. But, and also HS2 is multiple lines, so it's all very confusing and stupid. But ignore the blue for now. We're going to talk about the pink. Now, the pink here is... Actually, I'm going to change my pen color, so I make this a bit more... Let's let's go with let's go with this orange. Just Is that going to be clear? Let's scribble around a bit to see if this is clear. Oh, that's worse. That's worse. Uh, let's go with... Um, let's get that. Let's go with... Uh, Maybe I'll just stick with maybe I'll just stick with red actually. It's it's not too bad, is it? Right, so we're sticking with red. Now, Transport for the North proposed kind of vigorously and sensibly proposed a plan for a new high speed line connecting from Liverpool over in the in the west up here. There's 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 Liverpool. Um over to kind of Hull in the east, and then kind of also going up northwards towards the northeast as well. And Northern Powerhouse Rail kind of referred to in a mixture of you know northern powerhouse inverted commas refers to kind of uh sort of refers to manchester bradford and leeds but sometimes that, exp that expands out it's a very nebulous and silly term 
that was coined by uh, lots of vested interests and business groups and the local politicians who wanted to do some empire building. So I don't like this term because it's meaningless. It's totally nebulous. And actually, it distance, lo- distances local people from what is their infrastructure. This is their infrastructure. No one knows what the hell Northern Powerhouse is, so stop calling it that, right? Sorry, Northern Powerhouse Partnership. They just followed me on Twitter recently, but I don't think you should exist. Well, you can exist, but stop calling the stuff that you create. Stop calling your outputs... <laughs> Stop calling your outputs stuff that is totally nebulous. So what I'm going to refer to as um, the new high-speed line across the Pennines uh, is basically what we've got here in pink. And it's a line, and, and this I've drawn this based on the latest information as to what the route is, but the route is not publicly available. This is a pretty close approximation of what it will probably do. Can I make the thickness of the red line a little thicker? I'll scribble to make it a bit thicker. How's that? I'll scribble like this to make it a bit thicker. If you're watching on your mobile, it'll be very thin. I do apologize. So it's a line that goes from Liverpool. It'll completely new alignment. So the thick uh, pink line here is new alignment. New alignment that should go across through a a hub station at at Warrington, tying into the West Coast Main Line. Um, Then it'll dive down. So so kind of going this way. It'll dive down to uh, meet with... It'll be a big flying junction with... with, Actually, I've skipped a bit. There should be a pink bit that does that to allow the link from Liverpool down onto HS2. I've I've skipped that bit. Um, And actually, there should be a bit... There should be this bit as well to, to allow the link facing northwards too so this will be a big old junction or should be a big old junction allowing kind of free fast flow in all sorts of directions so um they'll then cross that big old junction and then join the line going up to it'll kind of there's an airport station there that i've skipped off it'll join the hs2's little spur go into manchester and ideally will be a through an underground through station that'll then continue on with more uh, dedicated new high-speed line, but that's 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 kind of uh, northern, not HS2, going from Manchester through to the north, uh, kind of I think that's Rochdale in that direction, skipping off to follow the M62 over the top of the Pennines, um, skipping away from the M62 uh, to then so kind of broadly following the M62, skipping off northwards to then have a station in Bradford. And this is kind of a later edition. This is this is you'll see other you'll see my sketch that I put up on Twitter earlier. Didn't include this bit, but the Bradford bit is, is pretty much a sure bet now as part of the plans. And then from there, it'll continue on, uh, kind of broadly following the the Air Valley lines, I think, uh, into or or I don't know whether it'll skip back. So originally I had it kind of following the and, and coming up this way, but actually now I think it'll it'll follow the Air Valley lines, then coming into H into into Leeds. And then possibly using the old Holbeck Viaduct, or possibly not, or come in to Leeds onto some kind of into the existing station. HS2, meanwhile, creates a T, so it has it creates a load of HS2 creates a load of new terminal platforms, north facing one, uh, sorry, south facing ones, which is good because that frees up all the space. The ones that currently sit doing nothing in terminal platforms that could be used for suburban services or, you know, some of the Northern Paris Rail services. Sorry, some of the Trans Pennine high speed services. Basically. What the pink lines will do is take the current Transpennine Express services, take all of those off, and then run them on the exi- run them on the new line, and then allow the existing line. So that's the existing line that runs kind of this way through so Staley Bridge, and then up through Huddersfield, uh, and then go and it goes this way, and then comes up this way, doesn't it? That's the current main kind of main connection across. That's the Transpennine route, and that's the route that is being upgraded as part of the Transpennine route upgrade, the TRU project, um, which is kind of starting to happen now, the first physical works for that. Well, there's all sorts of bits going on all over the place for that. So that's the current, that's, that's kind of the, that's the current main route. And actually, if you want an, if you want more discussion on the kind of the, the Transpennine stuff, go back to the Woodhead episode of Rail Matter where we kind of discuss this. So NPR, if, if we're going to refer to that stupid acronym, the, the, the high-speed Transpennine route will, uh, Transpennine, the tra- I can understand why people try and shorten it, 
I kind of like HS3 because this is kind of the third, kind of branding wise, that's the third high speed line. But anyway, the, the, the Transpennine high speed line will then, uh, it'll then come out of Leeds using an upgraded existing corridor in kind of as it comes out of Leeds, realignment through uh, Neville uh, through Neville Hill, which will be uh, getting, um, I think permanently, but I don't know. I don't know. There are discussions as to what happens with Neville Hill. But anyway, certainly temporarily it'll be, things will be happening around Neville Hill to allow that new alignment to go in. Then there'll be a new, theoretically, then there'll be a new bit to avoid um, to avoid uh, going through Garforth. There'll be a new bit that will connect, actually, I'm going to get rid of my scribbles, this bit here. There'll be a new bit that will connect off the current um, lead Selby line uh, and then connect that up to back onto HS2 to use the new high-speed alignment to avoid that this kink here on you see the white here that kink is is garforth um and it's a bit of a there's a bit of a bottleneck there in terms of speed and, and, and capacity because it's used by quite a lot of local services so that's good diversion is good because it allows those all the trains to you know more stopping trains on that existing line so from that you'll get the connection then it'll run on to hs2 uh, and then hs2 will come up and just south of colton junction will join up with the east coast main line and run northwards into york Meanwhile, also you will get some services, which I presume will will actually run through um, Garforth. Those dotted line, you'll get some services running through to kind of to Hull on an electrified um, kind of Hull main line. So the, the main line going out to Hull will get electrified, and, and it'll carry some some of those services as well. I think the majority, the bulk of the services, will probably run up to to York and then onwards, um, kind of emulating those Transpennine services. So basically, if you want to know what those services are doing, really, it's the Transpennine Express up map that represents what those services will do. Um, people are asking uh, whether Transpennine upgraded route will be electrified. Well, to be honest, that's still up in the air. Uh, TRU, the, the TRU theoretically was back when it was announced, you know, uh, in 2012 or God knows when that was, a long time ago, 10 years ago, actually. So, yeah, it was in, in late 2011, proposed for electrification was indeed the, the Staley Bridge route, which runs this way through Staley Bridge, uh, through Huddersfield, uh, and then up to up into uh, up into Leeds. That was supposed to be electrified and should be electrified. And indeed, the uh, the line up through, uh, that goes up this way through, duh, 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 uh, and kind of this way and then over, that's the line that goes through through Hebden Bridge uh, and round, the kind of the old the old route, the L&Y uh, route, the, the Lancashire-Yorkshire route, uh, the old road uh, over the Pennines, should also be electrified. It has an intensive enough service absolutely to, mess, to merit electrification. If you go onto the TDNS, the Traction Decarbonisation Network Strategy, that shows you that all of these lines, all of these transparent lines should be uh, electrified. Um, yes, so, oh, there we go. That's what all of that is. So that is hopefully an explanation of these three terms. Oh, right, I didn't actually talk about Crossrail of the North. So that's Northern Powerhouse Rail. That's just a stupid name for uh, high-speed Transpennine line. Uh, Transpennine route upgrade is the fairly sensible name for the upgrade of the existing railway. Uh, Crossrail of the North is something that was invented by Labour. It's a stupid name. When they say it, they refer. They were trying to come up with another gimmick name that isn't Northern Powerhouse Rail because Northern Powerhouse Rail is George Osborne's. So they came up with this stupid name, Crossrail of the North, which makes no sense because Crossrail is not about high speed. It's about high density. It's about high frequency services, which, if you like, Crossrail of the North will actually be what you can then do on these existing lines when you get rid of all those Transpennine Express services. All of a sudden, what you get to do is through places like, you know, Slough and Marsden and uh, you know all these kind of intermediate stations along along the line. You know what, what's what's the, the kind of the various kind of various stations that are kind of right the way along the route, dotted along, and the potential to open new ones as well. Murfield, all these intermediate stations, 
can have a high-density service. So you turn up at the station and there's a train within 10 minutes, right? That's what we should be aspiring to. And in, in fairness, that kind of is what Cross of the North describes, except that everyone who says Cross of the North actually are trying to use a different word to NPR. So can we all agree to stop calling it NPR, stop calling it Cross of the North, and refer to the, the new high-speed line across the Pennines? And you know what the secondary benefit of not using these gimmick terms is? It means government can't worm their way out of delivering it by saying they are building it when actually they're not right so it's really important that we don't use stupid gimmicky jargon names because they enable government to worm their way out of delivering what they should be it's the same reason i get upset when things are called metro when they're not it gives it by calling things what they're not it gives government an excuse to deliver nothing or near nothing so there's all that jargon there's one left though that we've not talked about well a couple left actually there's this key one here and this is going to start making my point about the east midlands hub specifically but before we go into that Let's go big face again and have a look at the questions. Is this all right, by the way? Is this making some sense? We've got 206 people watching, which might be a record for live viewers, actually. Hello, everyone. Uh, actually, no, maybe Tim got a few more than me on our, on our first Tim episode. Anyway, right, let's go big face. Oh. Uh, we're working my way up through the list. Crikey. Um, let's see. Uh, there we go. Da -da 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 -da. Matt Reed is saying, my wife tells me that there's a two-carriage train. There are two-carriage trains that go between Leeds and Manchester. Is that correct? It seems crazy. Yeah, they're, they're, well, I don't know. Yes, there are. And um, they're replacing the pacers and they stop in some of the intermediate service stations. And yes, it is completely doolally. You know, we should have like eight-car trains that come every 10 minutes. That's the level of service version we should have. And very much do not. Um, let's keep going down. What else have we got? Gareth Williams. Can you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Gareth. I tried. Real focus. Uh, was there ever any plan for passive provision for HS3 on HS2 East? Uh, HS2 East, so the eastern leg of HS2, has now or did have passive provision for, uh, you know, its, its design was changed in 2016 to incorporate the requirements of um, of uh, of the new high-speed line across the, across the Pennines. So sort of, yes. Um, where are we? Uh, what's George saying? Uh, someone seconded what George has said, but I don't know what George said. Uh, George is saying, I'm colorblind and the red color choice is very difficult. The orange is better. Yellow would probably be the best. Oh, damn, I should have used yellow. I always forget that yellow is there. Sorry, George. It's not good enough. I think I've already described it sufficiently. Like My scribbles were kind of, they, they weren't particularly, uh, I don't think they were particularly uh, annotative. They were, it was more just kind of me emulating what I was talking about. Um, uh, but I shall go big, f I shall, because it's right, and accessibility is important to me. I'm going to go small face, and I'm going to, the one thing that I didn't describe is what the existing route is, and I'm going to draw it in bright yellow. Let's go down here and get the bright yellow up. This should help. Is this clear? I'm not, hu I should do better, I need to do better accessibility with colours. I'm sorry, everyone. So the existing route is, is kind of, I'm going to do it in really thick, is this is the current Transpen main Transpennine route that Transpennine Express used. This is the route here. But I'm curling it in a nice thick yellow. There we are. Comes up here goes kind of comes through here then goes up here like this and then is this better george is this all right uh, and then comes up here I, I i do take you know this is this is actually important and then comes up here so that's currently the the main current transpennine um route and that's the route that's getting upgraded um between manchester and leeds because it is a major constraint and it's a constraint for freight as well the, the loading gauge is hopeless so there's a lot of work needs to be done there um, Matt Reed is the dotted pink uh, proposed only. No, the dotted lines here are on existing line uh, stuff. So you'll notice actually down here, Sheffield. Uh, I've put it in blue to be kind, but actually it's really a bit naff. Is that there's this um, there's this section here which is just on network. Which again, this will be worse even with the current proposed HS2. This is worse than if they put the station in Meadowhall, which is what they should have done. They should have put the station here. They should have made HS2 do this. 
um, and go through Meadowhall, but local politics got in the way. And you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. It kind of worked, and it was progressing. So it was like, you know, it's not perfect. There are loads of things that HS2 that aren't perfect, but, you know, these things are always a compromise. You can't have the perfect thing because there are local, you know, local politics gets in the way or, or you know, uh, requirements change. Um, does that is that better, George? By the way, is that and and caramel? Sorry about that. It's uh, it's not really good enough for me to do to to uh, neglect my uh, our colourblind friends. Furthy, uh, would that be a new station in Bradford? Yes, it would. Yes, um, Dave, uh, should lead station be more ambitious as a through station in all directions? Uh, no, I don't think so because you would struggle to have. There's there's nowhere for the railway to kind of go in the other direction, and it kind of makes sense as it is. So what you what you get at Leeds is you get uh, you're going to got the through the through platforms in this direction like this, and then you'll have that was rubbish. One well, minute, so you have um you have the through 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 platforms that are kind of like this, uh there are there's some through, through platforms, and then you've got some others that are like kind of like this, uh kind of terminal ones as well like this lovely, uh, and then what HS2 will add is it'll add a load of platforms like this. Um, so you'll get a load of terminal platforms like this kind of uh, and at the moment you get a load of services that sit doing nothing on the through platforms uh, you know the, the institute 25s as it used to be just sat doing nothing waiting to, get, to, to be turned around for 40 minutes and head back down to London now they can sit on their own lines and keep out of the way of all the suburban stuff and the local and the kind of regional stuff that can use the through platforms. so no I, I don't think it's high I think with the new platforms um, that should be okay um, uh, Bob's Rail Relics. Could there be Birmingham to Leeds via Manchester using H2 and NPR if they uh, can uh, do phase two? Uh, Birmingham to Leeds via Manchester. I mean, no, because there's not the capacity on either the existing network or indeed the proposed lines to satisfy the, the seating requirements. Um, and also you wouldn't get the journey times that would justify taking services off the East Coast main line. So no, a lot of people talk about that as being, oh, it's kind of a compromise. No, it's not a compromise. It's not good enough. It would not work. Um, right, so... Uh, let me gonna squish down here. Da, 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 da. Uh, B crossing. Does HS2 HS2 go from the South Midlands to Leeds via Sheffield, or is Sheffield a dead end? I think I've answered that now. Uh, what about a through station Leeds? I think I've answered that now too. George, 100% better with yellow. Can see very clearly now. Thanks. With red, I was having to search around for ages to see where you're drawing. I'm really sorry, George. That's not good enough. Um, right. Uh, Leeds, Hout Banhof. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, John Mannion is here. Hi, John. Uh, you could have run a route from old HS2 alignment east of Sheffield into the city centre, so both Sheffield and Meadowhall would have had HS2 services. Um, yeah, there's, there there are options. Indeed, yeah. I, I think in the past, on, through permanent rail engineering, I've drawn options where you actually have a um, where you actually have a high speed a, lot, a kind of a connection. Actually, wasn't it? Uh, you'd upgrade here. You'd do some better high speed segregation, then you kind of come up and link into HS2 like this. And it would provide you with a uh, that would essentially then allow you. And I also think I provided a, a spur kind of connecting here as well um, uh, that would allow you. I'm doing a very bad draw of drawing that would allow you to, to allow fast trains to run between Sheffield and Manchester, because currently those use the Hope Valley route, which is this one, uh, which is which is fine. It's no better than Woodhead, which is what this was. Um, it's kind of basically the same. Uh, which is not very good. And again, that's supposed to be upgraded. That was supposed to be finished in 2018. Uh, it's not even started yet. Um, it's supposed to be spending a billion quid on that. They've not spent a penny. It's hopeless. So yeah, that currently that would allow you to do the kind of the, the connection between Sheffield and Manchester if you kind of built that spur and that spur. And, and in ideal world, that would still happen. But um, I'm not sure what the plans really are for Sheffield, which is why I've not shown them in pink on here. So there we go. Uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for the questions. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I hope this is all right for all the new people. I know it's a bit chaotic, and I know you're thinking, why isn't this an edited video that's 15 minutes long? Well, it's because the whole point is it's live. I answer your questions, and if it can't be, if it's edited, I wouldn't be able to do it anyway because I don't have the time because, you know, I have a day job. 
Uh, by the way, my day job, for those who don't know, I am a track design engineer. I kind of do this stuff for, for a living. I design, and if anyone goes paid shill, you know, or paid by HS2, I'm not. And also, all the work I do is on the existing network. I have done some design for HS2, but you will struggle to find a single designer in the UK who hasn't. So um, if you're going, oh, he works for HS2, then I'm afraid you just don't know how the rail industry works, or indeed how design consultancy works. Um, if HS2 doesn't happen, then ostensibly I will have work for life because there'll be so much existing network stuff to do and existing network stuff takes longer and also requires more specialist engineers. HS2, you can get away with using highways engineers for a lot of it, um, whereas on network stuff, you can't. You have to use dedicated actual rail engineers, which means it'll take even longer. Oh. So, Dave asks, why is it that we don't seem to learn the lessons that our peers in, say, Spain, France, Germany, Japan, etc., um, do? Is there something oddly wrong with the UK? Yes. Next question. So, right, okay. Uh, thanks, everyone. That was good. Let's now talk about the East Midlands Hub. Let's explain what in the heck the East Midlands Hub is. Um, no, Josephine's saying, is that actually true? You'll struggle to find one. Um, what do you mean? Is that skill? Josephine, ask that question again because I've forgotten. I kind of, in, in, in with a bit more text so that I can um, get what you mean by that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I know what you're asking, but ask again and I'll ask in more, answer in more detail because obviously skills is a good thing I'd like to talk about a bit more. But for now, let's talk about the East Midlands Hub, right? Talk about what that is. Um, I prefer to call it the uh, Toten Interchange because it's a bit more explicit. So here we go, yeah. The East Midlands Hub, aka the Toten Interchange. And I'm going to use some of the slides from a thing I did a while back about um, about the East Midlands. So uh, we've got the yellow text, so that's the yellow thing, so that should work. Right, so here is HS2 whiz whizzing through. This is the alignment through the East Midlands. Now, um, uh, oh, right, okay, see, yeah, just, will you struggle to find a, 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 an engineer who did, hasn't worked for HS2? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, if, if, in terms of permanent way engineers, I think all of us have dabbled in HS2 at some point, you know, it's a, and it's only, that's only going to change. It's only going to become increasingly, uh, you know, absorbent of, of engineers. There's a shortage of us already. Oh, uh, HS2 giving highways engineers jobs. Richard Wellings should be thrilled. Absolutely. Right, anyway, enough of me waffling and wittering. Let's talk about the East Midlands Hub or the Toten Interchange. Here is Derby. Here is Nottingham. Here they are. There's Derby and uh, and there's Nottingham. Uh, the East Midlands is a place I have no particular connections to other than the fact that I work in Derby quite a lot uh, down, down here. Work a lot down here. Like, a lot. Like, seriously, a lot. Uh, and, and then actually it's, it's not so much there it's, it's the place that I work is is here it's all here the old railway technical centre anyway I digress uh, and, and it's kind of anyway bro, I'm waffling horribly that's my connection to Darbados but you can see this this is the kind of the major conurbation of these midlands right and it's quite spread out and actually if, when you look at it like this with the aerial you suddenly see why these midlands hubs make sense you could not serve both of these cities uh, once, partly because having two stations would, would undermine the bet. You know, it would one of these stations is about a billion quid a pop. So that adds a lot uh, extra to capital cost. But, you know, I don't care about capital cost. What I do care about is the overall bigger picture, sensible stuff. Having two stations would mean that people are, you know, suddenly you'd be turning HS2 into a suburban service briefly, which is not, you don't want to do that. That's why you don't want lots of intermediate stations. You don't want to be turning it into a suburban service. So that's why, you know, for one reason, that's why these Midland Hub makes sense. And what you do is you upgrade all the connecting trains and infrastructure to connect into this. So you, you end up using this as a connection, and indeed down to Leicester as well. This is this becomes the hub for the whole of these Midlands, hence why it's called these Midlands Hub. I can understand it's not as stupid a name as Northern Powerhouse Rail. Um, and indeed, this had a, there was a plan about this, right? There was a plan here. Um, and the plan was, uh, this is this is many bright colours here, the East Midlands Hub plan was uh, to do several things in several phases. The phase was so that by 2030, 
there would be um, kind of a, a variety of things. The first thing there'd be, uh, would be, oh God, this is the yellow one. I'm going to have to change it back. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. Uh, remind me to change it. If I start scribbling in non-red, then actually let's get blue up because this is uh, there. Blue. This is what we need. So but the phase one stuff was they're going to have, you know, bus connections into kind of these, these kind of tying in into the hub. But also they'd, they'd be this kind of this, they'd also develop a bus rapid transit sort of thing, which, you know, I have mixed feelings on. Bus rapid transit is just buses, let's just call it that. But anyway, so basically there'd be bus upgrades. There'd be expansions of the of Nottingham trams. So they'd extend the Nottingham tram from uh, Totem Lane Park and Ride, where it is currently in through an innovation campus into the Eastman's Hub. So that would provide a, a good connection for people, kind of local people into, you know, it would provide the connection on this side of, of Nottingham. Um, and then there's a the potential, you'll see the dashed purple here, we'll get to that in a minute. And then what else? And then rail upgrades was the fact that the creation of this, um, uh, so that the red stuff is the existing network. And essentially what you get, this red is a suburban rail network, is a dedicated East Midlands suburban rail network. And that is, for me, this perfectly, this is Midlands Connects work. This perfectly sums up what HS2 is about. It's about enabling local transport it's about enabling a local and regional transport revolution and this is the perfect example you're creating uh essentially by by merit of just shifting a bunch of trains off the network yes there are a few tweaks needed here and there but just by merit of building the new hs2 line you get almost for free ish in railway terms for free you end up getting a an s train you know s-band network a, a proper suburban high density rail network connecting you know from from you know all the way up to crew matlock Mansfield, Lincoln, Grantham, through Nottingham, you know, through Derby, and then from indeed from Leicester, and then so then this is where we get to phase two, which is where which is a potential for an extension of Nottingham Tram using that bus route into Derby and actually extending Nottingham Tram and it becoming an East Midlands Tram system, which I'm all for. You need both, you know, the the the, the tram allows you to connect almost like connect the different stops. So if you imagine, you, you know, you've got here's your 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 heavy rail, you've got two stations here. There's your heavy rail that 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 there's heavy rail um and but you've got all these places here you know these inter intermediate places uh, and this is where you've got you know, the, the tram is what allows you to do oh, tram da, 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 tram 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 allow and it's the same with buses you know you allow you you increase the catchment of these big kind of uh you know the the can i quickly draw a double arrow no is the answer no is the answer those look suspicious a bit sus whatever i just drew there i've tried to draw a double arrow in rapid time anymore i think this one's probably better isn't it uh, uh, and da, da, da. is that right is it around ah, i can't remember anyway you know what i mean i'm getting distracted um yeah so s train uh yes indeed s ban is a fantastic description josephine uh, a really nicely rapid suburban ban you know uh suburban train it's designed high densities high frequencies long trains that you don't have to worry about when they turn up, they just appear and you get on them and then they get you to where you need to be without you worrying about the, you know, you don't worry too much about the fact they're a bit slower than like a 125 mile an hour train, but because they're so frequent, you can rely on them getting you where you need to be in sufficient time. So that's the by 2040 stuff is is the expansion then, oh, also then a connection with East Midlands Airport. So that actually makes East Midlands Airport useful. And before you go, oh, it's kind of an airport, people are still going to fly long distance. Um, and you know, by enabling them to choose to take the train, that's massively beneficial. You know, Luton has really good modal share for, for not having cars because it's tied into Thameslink, so it's so well connected. Um, so, you know, better connected stations, you know, Gatwick again, 
has really good connections by rail, which means that a lot of people don't drive, which is good. By 2045, it's only about five years later, the plan would then be that you'd end up with this kind of this like uh, S-train loop kind of coming through the airport and connecting to Derby, providing a Derby connection to East Midlands Airport. You know, that's that's good. And also, where's where's the other pur purpley dots? I can't remember. There's, there's some more purple dots. Ah, yeah, is the fact that you'd end up also having Nottingham tram extension down this direction, kind of down to the airport. So it's expanding. So basically, this huge plan for, for transport across these Midlands uh, I know we've run on already. Sorry, we've already got late, but uh, it's not going to be too long. I think we'll finish about half, uh, about half past. Um, all of this, this isn't just pie in the sky stuff. This was all bought into by, um, by local politicians, by regional politicians. So that's councils, local MPs, local business groups, local transport user groups. This had buy-in right across the board. Local sort of business kind of leaders were buying into this. Kind of serious uh, kind of buy-in across the board. I'm going to have a big sip of whiskey. Mm. That is very nice. Oh. Legic, everyone. Very nice indeed. And all of this being tied into with HS2. So let's go back to our existing network. Oh, it's whoa, whoa, lovely. So here is a map with lots of dots on it but before i forget i'm going to go down here and change this back to yellow um now all these dots here they are let's connect them up so first of all let's chuck hs2 on there so there's hs2 and you can see we've got returning crew into the crew hub we've got the east midlands hub there in orange uh marvelous stuff there we go now what am i going to draw under there i'm going to draw that s train network in fact my face is above lincoln so i'm going to temporarily get rid of my face goodbye my face so we got, there we are, there's the S-Train network, the actual existing network that, that's there, um, uh, kind of connecting in. And you can see, there you are, that looks to me like a very sensible connecting network for the East Midlands. That, you know, and that's what HS2 unlocks, because at the moment you can't have that, because of all those, kind of those long-distance services, the cross-country services, the East Midlands railway services, um, the, uh, the various others that <coughs> kind of crisscross along here. You just can't have this at the moment. Um, HS2 allows you to have this. And actually, what I've got here is all the journey times in minutes connecting up to East Midlands Hub. And the key ones there, I suppose, are the, the, the fact that you are getting, um, you know, you're getting an hour from Matlock to the East Midlands Hub, which means that you then are reducing, you know, from East Midlands Hub down to London, is that what, an hour and 20 or something? Uh, so that suddenly becomes a much more viable journey, particularly if you've got frequent services to Matlock. You know, even connecting the connection across the crew hub, yes, I mean, you're not going to go via the East Midlands Hub to get a crew hub, but the point is this provides some of those connections. It gives you an idea of the distances. There are aspirational improvements. Leicester, which is key, you'll find it quicker to go from Leicester and more frequent to go from Leicester up to the East Midlands Hub and then down on HS2 than you would waiting for a train to just go direct, right? And okay, you can choose to get a slightly slower train and go direct, and it might well be cheaper and blah blah blah. But anyway, but the key ones there really is, is Nottingham and Derby. You know, twelve minutes from Nottingham into the into the East Midlands hub, and then you can get to the West Midlands if you so wish to. And that is enabled by this thing here. So there's HS2 whizzing through. Wee, uh, and this is this is just north. This is the travel curve uh, just north of um, just north of Nottingham. And this is a new bit of railway that will be needed to make what will essentially be a kind of this this S-Bahn, this S-Train connection work. And it'll cost about 150 million. Let's call it 250 million. You know, it'll end up being more slightly more expensive because these things often are. Signaling invariably is a nightmare. That's the trial curve. The alarm is not confirmed. That's me just sketching it on. That gives you an idea of what they're doing. What this would enable, it'd be very tight. What this would enable is, let's go back to our East Midlands hub. There's the East Midlands hub. There's the existing network as it stands at the moment. And you can see up here, 
this here is that curve this is that this is that um curve which we've just which we've just described what it enables is this connection this is the and this you get shuttle service so essentially what you get is a shuttle running between derby and nottingham through the east midlands hub okay it's not perfect and ideally you'd you know uh do something more direct and do some more kind of substantial physical work or whatever but this is a pretty good short kind of short to medium term compromise to give you pretty quick 12 minutes is not bad 18 minutes also is not bad connecting up through to the east midlands hub and then you whiz on your train either northwards or southwards this is this is fundamentally good stuff and it means that the journey time between nottingham and uh and uh you know and this gives you the hs2 timing so that's 27 minutes so that means that from nottingham to leeds goes from whatever it is now like an intermittent train every few hours that takes well, like two hours or something stupid uh now reduces to uh, so it's like an hour and, a, hour and 40 minutes or something horrible and on a train every two hours or, or that if that uh, reduces down to about 40 minutes uh you end up with uh the journey time from from uh nottingham to birmingham goes from being you know whatever it is now like an hour and a half down to uh about half an hour maybe 35 maybe 40 minutes if you count in a change but what you know the whole point is that this is a frequent service you don't have to worry about it and also hs2 is frequent and then you've only got 52 minutes to london from the east midlands hub only 52 minutes so all those journey times those connections you know that means you're getting to london very very quickly you don't have to worry about the fact that you've not got these direct services anymore this means that the existing line can start actually running again uh, some of the you know beast and attenborough all the uh, beast and attenborough can start running far more frequent services this is the key thing this is this is the stuff this is what it's all about and the key thing so all of that discussion all of that cross-party cross-body cross-organizational democracy in action devolution type stuff gets chucked in the bin if you have no total interchange and, at the, and as we're about to talk about it looks awfully like there ain't going to be any total interchange so let's uh let's keep going then we'll, we'll round up questions at the end so the last little um the last little sort of uh bit of jargon that we've uh, heard all about is is what all of this hinges on right which is the integrated rail plan all of this hinges on the integrated rail plan uh now let's get my miniaturized uh noggin back up hello i'm up in the corner the integrated rail plan is something that was announced quite a long time ago as a way of going we're going to integrate hs2 northern powerhouse rail i did rabbit ears and the existing network and make it all work kind of tie it in integrate it all great what it wasn't supposed to be and oh by the way that was what the uh, the nic's rail needs assessment was supposed to be and we're about to talk about that in a second it wasn't supposed to be whatever it turns out to be anyway but this this integrated rail plan was the thing that the previous report was supposed to do and that in turn that was supposed to do a thing the previous report was supposed to do and round and round we go let's talk about the integrated rail plan oh here are is department for transport and then you know their ultimate control which is treasury as you know and they called upon investments in play an important oh yeah i forgot this was a video the uk's economic geography oh, the sound the sound quality is dreadful isn't it anyway this is the this is the this is the, this is this is just was that the rail needs assessment for the midlands and the north final report uh, and this final report um as you'll know because we did a rail natter on it was rubbish absolute load of rubbish it was supposed to describe what was going to it was supposed to describe what was what's to be built and what it actually did was go right treasury want us to provide a series of complicated excuses to not do anything and indeed that's what it delivered so uh, and this was created by the national infrastructure commission which i had some respect for before this report i no longer have any respect for um, and it is a group of um londoners who report to treasury just in case you're wondering there they are um sorry everyone on there but yeah this is a this is these are all people who are based in london and uh, work for treasury hence why 
they made a series of desperately dismal mistakes, um, uh, including the fundamental uh, assumption, uh, uh, kind of assumption that, that kind of in here. Let me find my mouse and make it red again. Yeah, let's get red back. Fundamentally erroneous uh, assumption, which is this here, the one-for-one -one assumption, which broke the whole report. The analysis assumed that one long-distance space equals one new space of commuting capacity, which, where on earth have they got that from? Even HS2, which has the most conservative assumptions on this basis possible, assumes two or three commuter seats for every one seat that is freed up. So the whole it breaks the whole thing, breaks the whole report. This single thing breaks the whole report. The whole report is bobbins as a result of this. And they created four different sort of maps here. These four different maps. Um, they, they created some that prioritized long distance links plus a bit of a, a kind of a budget uplift. And they created some that prioritized regional links uh, with some level of budget uplift. And the problem with all of these, of course, is that because of their daft one for one assumption, they, they kind of suggested that these were either or, that you had, could have either regional or either long distance. They didn't realize that the two are utterly, utterly interlinked. Completely baffling. Um, and uh, and yes, if you remember my quote at the time was that this was a dispiritingly pitiful abandonment of the East Midlands, Merseyside, Yorkshire and the North East. That was my quote at the time. And uh, well, let's see how that went, shall we? Old friend is completely right about the power of, of great infrastructure projects to uh, deliver jobs, and that's why we're getting on uh, with both with the eastern leg of, of HS2 and with Northern Powerhouse Rail. The ambition to do the eastern leg, uh, as I just to point out while he's waffling on, this is what happened after that report was released, and there was an uproar after that report was released. And here we had old old straw hair Etonian guy, uh, racist man here, the prime minister. Um, we had him coming out with all of these repeated re references to, oh, yeah, 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 no, we're delivering it all. We're definitely going to deliver it all in full. A said in the house before remains absolutely unchanged. Well, my honourable friend is absolutely right, and uh, she's right to be militating uh, for the eastern leg of HS2. I can certainly confirm that we are going to develop the uh, eastern leg as well as uh, the whole of the HS2, and uh, he'll be hearing a lot more about uh, what we're going to do with our, uh, our national infrastructure revolution. So there you go, and then obviously, you know, uh, we've had all of the totally undemocratic leaks uh, talking about. <laughs> yeah, this is the BBC's line. The government is set to scrap the eastern leg of HS2 between the Midlands and Leeds, sources have told the BBC. Um, I'm afraid the BBC are still repeating this, this 96 billion line about 96 billion of new funding. I have seen no evidence that a penny of that is new money. Not a shred of evidence. Uh, sources said the impact of scrapping the Leeds leg would make journeys longer by 20 minutes. They're trying to... It's always 20 minutes. It's like, well, why do they keep referring to 20 minutes? If they're suggesting it'll only make them longer by 20 minutes, that means they're going to be running fast trains on the existing network, which means they're going to obliterate capacity that's already constrained. Um, and then the thing that makes me the most angry, uh, the government is set to argue the new plans will deliver comparable benefits and more quickly and cheaply. That's bollocks, as we've discussed. The thing that makes me the most angry, incredibly angry, is this. And I wish the BBC should, hadn't repeated it because it's pathetic. A source told BBC political correspondent Nick Eardley that they would show an enormous amount of common sense. I'm very angry about this. I'll tell you what common sense doesn't replace. Fucking rails. Steel rails. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Uh, absolutely baffling uh, line from government. So this is all the leaks. All the kind of the leaks emerging. All this leak. All the leaks. Leak, leak, leak. Um, and of course, we don't have the fixed plans. The plans are going to be coming out tomorrow, apparently. But 
have a suspicion they might get delayed because government won't have liked this response. They'll have not expected the response to be quite this hostile. But how does this tie into what I was talking about with the NIC? How does this tie into the, uh, the, 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 the rail needs assessment that the National Infrastructure Commission created? Well, they created these four options and they go from like, these are long distance plus 50%. This is, this is the good to the less good. Well, no, actually, all of these are compromised. This is from the, the kind of middling to the uh to the kind of no, not great to the what the hell to the uh like this is bad situation oh, i covered my own eyeball there let me, let me draw another eyeball that you can all see yeah. um guess which one they picked because if we are going by what the leaks are then as i predicted would happen government has gone with the worst possible option which is the prioritizing regional links plus 25 percent option uh, here it is in big. And what you can see here, this maybe gives us a hint as to what we're expecting to see. We have, um, so we've dropped, what they've done is they're not going to, they're, they're dropping the hub. Hub's gone, total interchange gone, which means all of those plans for that S-Train network, all of that, all of the, by the way, millions of pounds of local council, you know, council taxpayers and, and local devolved funding cash, like revenue cash, not capital expenditure, revenue cash of people working hard to develop these plans. Whew up in smoke waste time all the time all the energy of politicians working together to actually get your know, regional cross-party agreement across rosette colors across different organizations you know users unions business leaders all that agreement just tossed onto the fire because they're going to use this stupid and useless east midlands parkway station down here which is a nothing useless station there'll be this little uh, bit of new line a little spur of new line that'll connect up to it and then, then, then they're going to have, like, inverted commas, major upgrades to the kind of the lines around Nottingham Derby. And then you look the same up here. You've got um, kind of nominal sort of upgrades to the lines across the Pennines. So a mixture of, like, upgrades and maybe a bit of new line. Um, and then a bit of upgrade up to York. And then nothing. That's it. That's all there is. And that's all you're seeing. The worst possible situation just the idea that this delivers anything like what we've just talked about you know we've just talked about everything that, that the opportunities that we that we get don't be fooled that this is going to save any actual meaningful cash remember we don't when we go for a big major project it's not that there's a project a big check that gets signed off that says oh hs 200 billion there's the check this is just limited by how much gets spent a year we're not going to be spending much more a year depending no matter what we've got all that happens is that we will they will be spending less a year and it'll take longer to deliver these sorts of things. We're not actually spending any more or any less. So if we're, if we're going for less stuff, if we're being less ambitious, we're not gaining anything. The, the, the Treasury's not gaining any extra money to spend on anything. Like, this, is, does make, this makes no difference to, to, the, to, to how much money there is to spend on other things at all. Oh. Um, and so as I say, yeah, if you want to kind of... Uh, this is why I'm using the hashtag railbetrayal. Um, if you want an understanding of what that impact is, what that means is that all of this goes. What you're doing is creating a bypass for the West Coast mainline. Anything that's all of the regionally useful stuff, basically everything is unlocked by that eastern leg. Without the eastern leg, you don't get the benefits on the Midland mainline. You don't get the benefits on the East Coast mainline. What you're doing is massively diminishing all of those pan kind of pan national benefits. You're also not getting the benefits for all the freight that is released on this side of the country. A lot of freight comes into this oh, red on green again. Um, I'm going to do this red on blue. This side, you can see me scribbling here. Hopefully those are there. We are. Over here, a lot of freight originates from this side of the country, thanks to Felixstowe, right? And a, and a lot of that has to work. Its, and because we trade hugely, more than anywhere, than anywhere else, we trade with Europe, right? 
So all that stuff comes into that side of the country, a huge amount of freight. HS2 allows us to start transporting a lot more of that on the existing railway network rather than on our motorway network. Without the eastern leg, you don't get that capacity release. You don't get those benefits. And none of those trains that originate over on the east of the country can travel anywhere. They're just going to end up on the road, right? So this is absolutely... But this is not a, just an impact for the East Midlands and the North. This is an impact for the whole country. This diminishes the benefits in Birmingham because cross-country services that go through that could be going to Curzon Street will still have to use New Street. You know, this is diminishing the benefits for crew because you're not, you know, you're not getting those, that, that regional network that we just showed you. This is impacting the whole lot. Manchester's getting huge impacts because all the bottleneck that will remain at Leeds will stay there. It's just, oh my goodness me. This is not just about uh, problems for the East Midlands and, and Yorkshire. This will hit the whole country. So diminish the benefits for the whole country. It's absolutely catastrophic. And uh, continuing that anger, uh, here's the slide that I always put up to remind us what we need. We need to be spending an extra £12 billion a year on transport alone to reach the government's own net zero targets, right? £12 billion a year. So worrying about an extra £1 or £2 billion for a project cost is just delusional it's just it's just it's the, the wool trying to be pulled over our eyes honestly so uh, absolutely abolish the treasury uh, fundamentally we need to abolish the treasury to make all this work but short of that we need to be writing to our mps screaming and shouting about it as much as we can on twitter for my part i've been appearing on the news and shouting and screaming at people all that good stuff oh right question time let's go back to questions shall we oh my goodness um so there we go. What can we do to change the government's mind on HS2? Well, nothing, I'm afraid, really, because uh, we live in a very undemocratic country at this point. Democracy has been eroded substantially by the, you know, the government's desire to totally reverse its devolution proposals. Um, other questions. Tim Ballam. Today uh, he did a Trump. Well, literally. Dragers, uh, that sentence doesn't say anything about new funding. It's true. Uh, it doesn't. You're right. They, they've later added or they've uh, later articles referred to 40 billion pounds of new funding. But again, no evidence. None at all. Um, uh, where are we? A source who didn't want their name public. Well, it's yeah, like uh, it's, let's not even talk about the, the BBC repetition of, of, of anonymous government sources. Mike Waldridge, uh, what are your words for an MP saying HS2 calling at Leeds will actually hinder the levelling up process for the majority of people? Um, I think it's a it's a four letter word starting with C, and I wouldn't I probably wouldn't say it on this episode. Uh, Fuzzpot uh, says it's the Tories. They say they want to save money, pick the worst plan, and then spend more money than building the good one would have cost. Absolutely, Glenagolt, Glenagolt. Uh, uh, even blue water stuff comes into Felixstowe, not just North Sea trade. Yeah, yeah, it comes right through the channel and comes up to Felixstowe. Absolutely. Um, Dreggers, uh, it seems to be a rail plan to assure sustained road construction. Absolutely. Um, your red freight bubble needs to include Immingham. Yes, uh, very good point. Immingham up in up in Hull, uh, or kind of sorry, not in up in Hull, on the other side from Hull, up in the the, the top end. This is this is up here. This this. So you got Felixstowe, and then up here you've got Im up here this bit. That was a very straight line, wasn't it? Up here, this horrible red line that I've drawn that hopefully people can see because I'm scribbling it into very thick. Uh, that's up into and Immingham is like kind of all, all the all this lot is kind of actually Port of Immingham is up up the top end, I think. Um, Yes. Anyway, Whew. so uh, and Felix Stowe over here, over here. Actually, which one is Felix Stowe? Is it, is it, is it, is it, I can't remember actually. Shoot me. Oh, where are we? So, um, 
Passive provision? No, no idea. Well, we don't know until the final plans come out. We don't know the details. This is all speculation because this government is obsessed with leaking and trying to get ahead of the curve by leaking stuff constantly. Totally undermining democracy and, and, and the proper functioning of government. Matt Reed, would it have been better to pin off the western leg than the eastern leg? Uh, no, you need the whole lot. You need the whole thing. The whole thing. It's all part of a system. You can't lot bits off of it. It's, it's to be developed as a system. Uh, I know you're asking that as a rhetorical question, Matt. Don't worry. Uh, Bob's Rails, Rail Relics. Uh, did you destroy Mark Keir? I didn't destroy Mark Keir. I just said some things that were factual, unlike Mark Keir on the new, on the radio. Uh, David Shepard. Do we know how much domestic flight modal shift to rail will be lost without the Eastern Lake? No, we don't. Because, again, the government's uh, and, and HS2's analysis of, of modal shift is hopeless. Um, I defer to David uh, David P on Twitter. I'll uh, there's there's that legendary thread that he did that explained just looked at air and explained the extent to which HS2 is under 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 accounting for the carbon benefits of its own line. Uh, wrong county. Felixstowe is much further south than East Anglia. Oh damn! Of course it is. It's down further down. No 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 no. no. It's much further down in. Of course it is. Oh everyone, thank you. Of course it is. It's down down here, right? This this is this one. Of course, that's it. Oh, that is it. That's it there. I recognise it. That, that there. That, 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 that. And then you've got Immingham, which is up here. Uh, there. These two. There's one there. And then there's another one there. Uh, here. There we are. Sorry. Yeah, of course it is. Thank you. Ah. Uh, let's see. Where are we going? Um, David Netherwood is asking, why isn't the money saved, not allowed to be saved by the Treasury? Apologies if you answered before. It's because it's all made up. The money doesn't ex like Treasury money doesn't exist. It's just numbers changing on a spreadsheet. The, the reality is that none of this is real money. Um, so it's just it, not, you, you don't save money that's not being created. There's no saving to be found by saving money on one thing and spending it elsewhere. That just doesn't that's not how government finances work. Um, the money is spent. It's it's created by the fact it's created the moment it gets spent. The money only exists when it goes into someone who can meaningfully spend its pocket. Before that, it just doesn't it doesn't exist. Oh, um, I've marked Yarmouth with lowest off. Thanks, David. Yeah, I've stacked it. That's fine. Uh, Gareth Williams, if the clowns do drop the eastern leg, is it possible that a future government might put it right? Yeah, this is the only hope we have is that we're still a little bit of distance away from the physical work starting for this. But once physical works in the ground start we're way beyond it because by that point detailed design has happened we need to be getting we need to be changing this within the next six months to make sure that you know the designs are not being set in such a way that they compromise the original vision for the for the line um oh detour oh you're back hello waverly wanderer what impact will this have on scotland uh where the smp are anti-hs2 the smp are not anti-hs2 um they might say they are but they're not at all. In fact, I don't even know if they've said they are. They're not anti-HS2. Um, the Greens are not anti-HS2 up in Scotland. They're, they're all pro-HS2. In fact, the SNP and, and the Greens have been investigating, although I think they maybe abandoned this because, you know, Boris Johnson. Uh, they're investigating, in fact, investing in infrastructure in England to enable HS2 to be extended up to direct, to have full high-speed segregation all the way, or at least partial segregation up to Glasgow. Um, uh you know, to, to, as, a, as a mixture to at least at some level alleviate the, 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 the kind of capacity problems that HS2 will create on the West Coast mainline. Don't get me wrong, HS2 is going to create problems where it, uh, in those dotted lines that you can see on the map now, uh, kind of northwards from, from Wigan up towards Scotland, you know, and uh, from Colton Junction north through York, HS2 will create more problems than it, you know, it will create problems. But ostensibly, you'll be swapping an existing long distance path for an HS2 path, but there's a bit of rebaselining going on, and a, lot, and a lot of that discussion seems to have forgotten about freight. So, uh, power to Maggie Simpson, who is fighting that back. Uh, Matt Reed, do you know how much uh, has been wasted in planning the eastern leg? Oh, billions. Uh, you'll be looking at, uh, at probably the best part of two, 
two billion quid spent on design development on the eastern leg and consultations and and and, and all sorts of things uh as for what waste money's wasted on on the transpennine high speed line yeah, probably quite a bit less than that but uh yeah oh so there we go um golly any other questions we'll save them up until the end but uh i'm gonna now press on with my preamble but uh, if you've got any other questions chuck them in my direction for now Let's get on with this. So, uh, absolutely, uh, abolish the treasury. That's key. We're back on the podcast, folk. It's working. We've fixed it. Hooray! Um, Audio-only mode is back. (laughs) So you can catch Rail Natter on all good podcasting platforms. If it's not working, please send me a message on Twitter so that I can work out why it's not working and fix it. But we have a new RSS feed, if that means anything to anyone, um, via Podbean, um, to make it easier for me to upload things and generally keep on top of it. Um, so yes, uh, that should, that should be nice for those who follow on. And, and about, I think there are about 200 plus people who follow this on Spotify alone. So it does get a decent following in audio only mode somehow by magic. Oh, Patreon. Uh, yeah, come, come, come and support me on Patreon. If you want more, if you want to kind of make me feel less stressed and guilty for the time that I spend outside of my day job hours doing this sort of thing, then Patreon support really helps with that. Yeah, without that, this would without the Patreon supporters, none of this would happen because it would be too much of my time to justify, and I'd just collapse into a sort of a, a buttery lump, uh, trying to just catch up on sleep instead of doing this on a Wednesday. Um, but to reward all you good folks, uh, there's merch. There's merch from Masquette. Masquette have done merchandise, which you can find at masquette.co.uk/slash/collections/slash/railnatter. Oh, the Patreon link is patreon.com/slash/gareth-dennis. By the way, um, if you don't want to do patreon but you do want to chuck me pennies and say a nice thing or indeed you can chuck me pennies and shout hatred and abuse at me but i will uh i will potentially take it on board if you chuck pennies at me you know with the note wrapped around it uh you can do that on paypal paypal.me slash gareth dennis and if you want more of this chat stuff um if you if you can if, if you want more of this chat stuff uh that's going on right now in the chat i love all of you in the chat by the way the chat is so good um then you can do that on the Discord server, which has had a bit of a rejiggling recently, in fact. Um, we've done some rejiggling to make it a little bit more accessible, I think, a little bit easier for new people. GarethDennis.co.uk slash Discord, so come in and do that. What's the next thing I'm going to tell you about? Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> this is... Um, yeah, thanks, thanks thanks, very much, Mark, uh, for um, for sharing some of Bessie's ballast, a very nice piece of artwork of what appears to be the Ribblehead Viaduct. And then... Um, the best of the Bessie's ballast, because obviously it's got the fourth bridge in it. There, uh, sat inside a is this mug a gadget ban uh, mug, uh, Rail Natter branded mug, which uh, I love very much. Um, I uh, <laughs> I enjoyed this picture very much. Thank you, Mark. This was a bit of a daymaker on what was actually a pretty horrible day for a variety of reasons that those of you on Twitter will know. Um, so yes, that's nice. Go and get merch; it's good fun. Um, and if you're a Patreon supporter, you get discount on the masks, definitely. I don't quite know what's going on with the discount on the mugs. I, I need to speak to Masquette about that, but uh, yes, uh, TBC. Over a year ago, I think on the 5th of November, um, that uh, we started the Archipelago series, which was the, my, my kind of cathartic building a railway on a series of tropical islands uh, series, which I have to be honest, escalated somewhat to the point where we have a hundred years and like, what, how many episodes? Many, many episodes. Uh, well, like the best part of 50 or plus episodes. I don't know. It's a lot of episodes now. We've had a hundred years of it. We've had a hundred years of the Archipelago series uh, and a year of, of kind of game series time. It's not being abandoned. I know it's not had an update for a while. It's not being abandoned. I promise. I've got to create this this video, which is a recap video, 
um, which has escalated a bit and got a bit bigger than I planned. But it, I think it's kind of a bit of fun and it'll be fun for people who want to access the series, a nice little kind of catch up for them. So I'm creating this video and then we'll be back on the Squicklethausen's channel for the first of the episodes that is after this so the, the kind of relaunching after the first hundred years the first episode after that will be on the squicklehausen's channel and um, for those of you who know what that means anyway next week for those of you who don't care about any of that and just want to know about when i'm going to rant my way through the integrated rail plan and demystify the whole thing and 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 understand what is and is not you know really pick through what is and is not actually being delivered um Dittori, you're right it's not tropical it's mediterranean yes true sorry uh, episode 89 of rail matter a page turn through the integrated rail plan if they publish it tomorrow which theoretically they will be we will be doing a traditional rail matter page pdf page turn um to go through every single page of it and understand exactly what's being delivered you'll be looking at it i'll have had a bit unlike some of the others where i do it for the first time this time i'll have had a detailed look through it because invariably if it is published tomorrow i'll have to do a twitter thread on it so that people get get a quick feel for it so journalists can get a, a quick feel for it and disseminate out and, and and so that politicians can get an idea of what they should and shouldn't be cheering on or or or, or you know uh, getting militant about but anyway that is that that's next week episode 89 good grief we're getting ever so close to 100 episodes of real matter oh big face Folks, huh, thank you so much uh, for watching. I hope that was enlightening. Um, oh, good grief. Yes, uh, I hope that was enlightening. I, I hope all of you uh, enjoyed that, found it interesting, found it useful. Uh, we've got we're dro the, the, the viewers are dropping like flies now in the post amble, but that's, that's kind of all right because we've kind of covered the information we need to, right? Uh, lots of questions coming through. Uh, many questions. Uh, let's go through and see if I can answer any of these questions that have appeared um let's see why doesn't nprhs do include a dedicated lineup to teesside and newcastle yeah agreed I i've talked a bit about this actually uh, and you can see some of my proposals for i would build a new almost like a trent valley you know uh west coast mainline bypass around birmingham i would be building a new pair of fast lines up the east coast mainline splitting away from the current east coast mainline at nathalaton going through teesside probably the station at the in the kind of the old railway land in thornaby uh acting as a hub station for the whole of, of, of the kind of uh, coastal teesside uh, using kind of de de some of those lines, turning them into S, so you get an S train network based around that hub, and then going northwards, connecting back with with a lot of new line, new alignment back onto the um, onto the East Coast Main Line, just short of just kind of south of Newcastle and coming into Newcastle, providing a new set of uh, mostly new alignment, you know, fast 160 mile an hour alignment, uh, whatever you want to pick, something that matches the specification of NP of, of the Trans Pennine high speed line. But a new pair, I think that's necessary. But um, at the moment, we're battling for the core of the country. So um, I don't see that getting proposed anytime soon. Uh, Tim Ballon points out that scrapping HS2 Phase 2B uh, Eastern Leg saves money in the same way that austerity saves money. Uh, yes, exactly. It doesn't. It will cost the economy sorely in lost productivity. Very true. David Shepard, if they mothball uh, the Eastern Leg and then bring it back later with Crossrail, how much work do, would need to be done again? All the designs, because all the survey work would be out of date, so you need to redo a lot of the designs. You know, there'd be new development, the new people that you need to consult again. The whole process would start again. It would set everything back. It'll set everything back by a decade. Hugely problematic. Uh, HSC trains, would a line from Edinburgh to Newcastle be a good idea? I think we kind of answered that a little bit. Um, uh, Jamie Bailey, if the rail industry is so united in favour of HS2, HS3, how can they most effectively use their collective voice? This is a very good question. The trouble is the rail industry isn't speaking with a collective voice because it's been smashed to atoms. 
Also, the rail industry is not wanting to be too assertive at the moment because the government is chopping it with an axe like there's no tomorrow. It's just told Network Rail to chop 20% you know, twenty of its staff, 8,000 people who are currently being made redundant. You know, the rail industry, for God, goodness knows why, the rail industry needs to be expanding, not contracting. It needs to double its capacity by 2050. And yet, here is government chopping at it, you know, hacking away at the rail industry and reducing, you know, they've even been telling the supply chain that it needs to get smaller. Just absolutely baffling stuff this is a hostile government to positive change for this country you know the rail industry felt safe from this all the people who said oh you can still better to vote for boris johnson than corbyn you know oh, you're all fools because no matter what you think of corbyn he would have absolutely been better than boris johnson at this point given the absolute shambles we had through coronavirus and now you know you know the microcosm of the rail industry let's forget the other th- you know let's forget health and justice and all the other department and housing uh, all the other things that that, that that government is wrecking. Oh, uh, Matt Reed. Yes, I can tweet a picture of the weed drum I've had. Sure. In fact, you know what? Let's take the picture of that now, shall we? So I don't forget. Uh, I'll do it with with all of you in the background. There, you can you can have a little. There, there. Say hi, everyone. Wave in the chat. There we are. Lovely. So, uh, oh. Dave says I feel I should make a ten minute video uh, YouTube video summarizing all this. I, I can't do that. What I have done is do a um. I've done the news that news article which is on YouTube. That's probably the, the closest thing. Um, and I'll do th- tweet threads and, and things like that as well. Uh, will I update before doing any updates? Franklin, who knows? Uh, not buffer stops next week. No, I'm afraid not. We need to go through the IRP. Dave, uh, is much day job likely to happen at your workplace with the IRP? Uh, more. I'll have more work, <laughs> probably. Because if it means more Transpennine stuff, it means much more work. Uh, but it's not the right thing for the overall rail industry. Do I have enough hard liquor for next week's episode? No. Uh, they might have also buggered up the East Coast Mainline North by discarding Leamside option. Ah, Leamside's a, dog, a waste of time. You don't want Leamside. You want a new alignment. It'll cost not much more, given that Leamside's a, a mess. Um, oh, lots of questions. Right, okay, there we go. Questions, questions, questions. Do the nation of service order. Thanks, Pete. Very kind of you to say. Oh. Uh, episode, David Bum said this episode was a very satisfying spleen venting. Thanks. Uh, you're welcome. Right, okay, so... Uh, Richard, you asked this before and I ignored you. Right, Richard says, do the Birmingham-Leeds train sets become harder to justify the cost of with so little time on high-speed lines? Or do we end up with 140-mile trains to, trains to save money? That's an episode in and of itself. The shambles of HS2 train procurement uh, deserves its own episode. Um, I couldn't... It's just been a mess. It's been a mess. Uh, it was announced... Well, it wasn't announced. You know, Bombardier slash Alstom got the... You know, have ostensibly got it, but haven't, but have but I don't think they should have got it given that they have still got half their train fleet orders from three years ago to deliver. Don't know how to build trains anymore. You know, the physical trains might look nice, but they don't know how to actually make them work. Uh, sorry, everyone there. There's a lot of fantastic people working there. And I'm not saying this is a slight to yourselves, but culturally there are problems at Bombardier that stop any of the software working. They're serious. And it's, that's why cross one of the major reasons why Crossrail is so delayed. Uh, this is probably not actionable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's my current understanding. How can the law, what do the lawyers tell me to make that not actionable? Uh, anyway, yeah, it's fine. I'm not, it's, I'm, I, I, it's real now. We can't have damages. Right, enough of me chatting. Everyone, thanks so much. You've all, the, the numbers have dropped away because it's the end of the episode and I'm waffling. Um, you all, all of you keep me going. The bottle of ledger, you'll be pleased to know, does not. Um, uh, thanks for all your kind words on here and on Twitter. Uh, it's, it is hard work. It's a pretty dispiriting week, but uh, you lot, your good humor always kind of helps me pull through. I'll see you all next week for possibly even more pain <laughs> with once the reality of this sinks in tomorrow. And yes, I'll be busy on Twitter, I'm sure. 
and it's a busy working week uh very busy working week busier than a while so anyway right thanks everyone take good care of yourselves uh, take very good care of yourselves cheerio cheerio bye